This is the East Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. Hello, welcome in. It is the East Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com, where we talk District 5 and 6 activities week in, week out in the state of Idaho. My name is Brandon Bainey. We are joined by our East Idaho resident and expert, Sean Kane, at SeanKane182 on X, a.k.a. Twitter. What's up, Sean? Hey, I mean, I'm Crockett in your tubs, man. It's Miami Vice time. <laughs> um, uh, I, you know, you said I had to come up with a title. I, I've got a couple, but um, I, l- I like Crockett in tubs, man. There's a Crockett on Skyline's football team, and I made a Miami Vice reference to my broadcast partner Joel Richardson, and he didn't know Miami Vice, and I was I hurt. Right, that's right be- here. It hurt, man. But Miami Vice, come on. That's because and jo- and Joel watches these, so he'll know I'm saying this. Joel's kind of a square. <laughs> no, we kid, we no. kid. Of course, Joel's Joel's a great guy. Uh, I I tuned into that last Thursday. You and Joel were on the call of Skyline and Highland, and that was a really fun game. And we're gonna get into that in just a moment. Um, okay, we're gonna try and get through the show without any internet problems. Sean, you had internet problems before we hopped on. Uh, a little behind the scenes. This is the fourth of four prep casts I'm recording today. I've had internet problems in every single one, but maybe you're the the lucky breakthrough here, Sean. Yeah, maybe, you know, and I'm sure you just want to dive into some classification talk. So what's why hey, wait? Why wait? <laughs> nothing like the political machinations of the state of Idaho to get us started here. But this was big news. Uh, Tuesday, September 5th, uh, all of a sudden we discovered that there was this kind of a not a loophole but you know a very seldomly used bylaw in the IHSAA's you know written list of regulations uh, now Matt Harris is the athletic director at Ryrie High School and he used to be an idahosports.com broadcaster before he switched over to the admin side and and he was the one that was reporting on all this yesterday and kind of brought it to everybody's attention statewide but there is a, uh, and, and I guess we should talk about what is changing here. The reclassification proposals that we talked about all spring and all summer um, that would basically change the enrollment parameters, create a 6A to 1A system instead of a 5A to 1A D2 system. Um, it initially passed in June by a 7 to 6 vote. It failed the second vote in August by an 8 to 6 vote, despite an informal survey where uh, roughly 70% of participating schools in the survey said they were in favor of the changes. So even though 70% of schools said we like these changes, the board still voted against it. And then this, like, nobody that I've spoken to, Sean, knew about this bylaw, but somebody did and started this process up where there is it's section five of the IHSAA bylaws. And it allows for the member schools to bring forth a member initiative, which could override a decision that was made by the IHSAA board previously. So a statewide vote is cast. 152 schools are asked, are you in favor of the classification changes or are you not in favor? The the superintendents. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I should say the superintendents of each school district and a hundred of 152 said yes, 66%. And so the changes are coming despite what the board voted down earlier this year. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Um, You know, (laughs) 
I mean, it's 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 obviously kind of I kind of look at it in two aspects. I try to look at it um, from an objective point of view, you know, being without sports. And then I look at it as a coach and the things that I, you know, I don't want to we, we've talked about it all day. I don't want to beat a dead horse, but, you know, it really shows how Boise kept their conference power and then and then like northern Idaho and east Idaho that have these little conferences don't get a they stay in these little conferences and I I think sometimes that gets lost in this is what happens to the conference right so the conference stays the same so as a coach I'm disappointed because my conference is going to say the same which is two teams and then it becomes how many reps you get to state but instead of being upset well now we know there's a vote right so if if the rep there's a um a committee that votes on reps and then it goes to the board and they vote on it well if the state's not happy with how we're being repped we can do the, we could do the same thing and call for a vote to get another rep so you know kind of kind of some forward thinking in east idaho um how to even even it out because i think at the end of the day you got to look at what's best for the players and i think for me me personally, it's that opportunity to make it there. But some districts, like in northern Idaho and and east Idaho, are very limited on their opportunity to get there. And so maybe we can just, you know, use what they use to help us. But um, that's my thoughts on it initially. Yeah, the data was very telling, uh, and we have all of the data on the the top of the homepage at IdahoSports.com. If you haven't checked out the article yet. You definitely should because uh, this guy wrote it. <laughs> just give it a little self. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but it was very telling. North Idaho, District 1, 15% of schools voted in favor, 2 of 13. District 2, only 35% voted in favor, 6 of 17. In District 5, which is where you are, Sean, only 8 of 17. That's 47%. And in District 6, you had just over half, 14 of 25. That's 56%. But when you look at District 4, the Magic Valley, 81% voted yes, 25 of 31 schools. And in District 3, 40 of 49 schools voted yes, 82%. So Districts 3 and 4 kind of outweighed what Districts 5 and 1 and 2 wanted. Which is kind of the norm, <laughs> status quo, if you will. And and But when you look at that sheet that shows the districts right now and the new classifications... That's where it's interesting to me is you've you've kept you've kept the districts bigger in in the Boise area and you've kind of limited some of the districts in other areas. Um, and that's kind of my initial gut reaction to it. But I mean, so I, I mean, it's just it's interesting. I think the most interesting part is who knew there was this loophole to overturn what you've voted on people to vote for you for. Now, now, Sean, you <laughs> You know a lot of admins over there in East Idaho. You don't have to tell me if you know, but do do you know who who kickstarted this process? Who who I, discovered this or knew about this? I I haven't. I haven't. Okay. Um, I would imagine it's a it would be a Boise area initiative in my in, I, I guess, but I I don't know. I mean, I I didn't like. I think kind of like everyone. Everyone was just surprised because it kind of came out of nowhere. So. I'm sure whoever knew it started right when that vote came out and and uh, later then, but I haven't heard it. But I mean, I think there's a lot of implications for East Idaho. You know, like one thing I just heard from um, some inside sources is, you know, Preston is now thinking maybe maybe we move down 
we've petitioned to go down, uh, which would be, you know, devastating for our district. But, you know, Preston's got to look, you know, look out for themselves and what's best for their for their athletes. And so that would be an interesting move, too. So I, I think not all the chips have fallen, but I know District 6 uh, mostly was super excited to have this power 5A conference that finally, you know, you know, you fight, you're going to get these reps and, and all the sports, and you're going to finally kind of have that opportunity to get a state. So I know a lot of district six um, was, you know, kind of up in the air, but at the end of the day, they, they realized we're going to have all these spots if it goes this way. And, and now that's not the case, but it's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting. E- everyone's affected a little differently. Right. And, and so it's just, I mean, things happen and you got to adjust and, you know, but, you know, I, you know, you can go, you can go either way of the, of the story of it, but um, I think progression is good. I think maybe they'll have to look at the numbers. I don't know. Cause the numbers are always changing. Yeah. And so big picture, this was, this was a five, a four, a, you know, this, it, yes, th- that's what affected, <laughs> you know, there's some smaller changes that affect, you know, three, a two, a one, a, but this was a five, a four, a deal, or now I should, I say six, a five, a deal where you went from having this mega conference of Thunder Ridge, Madison, Rigby, Highland, Pocatello, Skyline, Idaho Falls, Canyon Ridge, Twin Falls, a nine-team conference. Now Boise would have had a like a like a fifteen-team conference, Sean. So they still would have had a lot. I think under this new one, they're back to thirteen. Yeah, and, it just but, but, limits. But, but, <laughs> yes, but now it is kind of the same as you know Highland. Madison, Rigby, Thunder Ridge, and Canyon Ridge. Oh, so they added a fifth team. Cool. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, yeah, and then and then me thinking, well, does Canyon Ridge just automatically get to go there? How does that work? Do they have to accept them? They you so know? they don't. So this yeah. is a question that I asked uh, Mike Federico um, with the IHSAA uh, when. Uh, they had media days where I live up here in North Idaho. And I asked him, I said, Hey, uh, like, let's say only Canyon Ridge, you know, got sent up to the next level and not twin falls. Does that conference have to take them? And he said, no, he said, and we don't make the conference. We don't tell the conferences what to do. He said, now, if we get, you know, a letter from somebody or a call from somebody, we can kind of strongly say, yeah, you guys should really push for it. But he said, you know, for the most part, they stay out of it. And they don't have to take Canyon Ridge. Canyon Ridge could be in a single team district. And in that case, they would get a half bid to state. They would get to play uh runner up probably from district yeah. five, six. Yeah. Something like or, that. Or, or from the Fourth treasure. Place, so yeah. So now that, yeah, I found that interesting. Now it may all be moot anyways, because uh, as I was doing the magic Valley prep cast earlier today with Scott Burton, uh, the inclination he had was that Canyon Ridge was going to try and petition down in most, if not all sports anyways. And that's, that's still a part of this too, is you can petition up or down still, like you said, like Preston maybe says, Hey, let's petition down. Now then they're not going to be able to petition down in all sports. I'm, I, I'll tell you that right now with cross country and uh, you can't petition down in single athlete sports anymore. Anyways, tennis, cross country yeah. track, but even be- like boys basketball, there's no well, way the have- ISA it's going to let them go down a level 
Well, they the haven't made, but they haven't made the state in a few yeah, years. But, 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 yeah, but yeah, yeah. they've still had a lot of success. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so, but the other sports, you know, football, sure. And that's, that's what makes the single sport petition so messy. Um, it's going to change the landscape for sure. But for now, I think it's a win, not necessarily. I'm trying to look at it as, as a statewide view. Like, yes, it stinks for East Idaho and North Idaho, but to me, we discovered that, hey, the system works. If 70% of the schools are on board for something and their quote-unquote representative on the board votes against their wishes and their best interests, there's there's a mechanism in place where we can say, no, you don't get to unilaterally decide. We, the schools, get to decide. So I think that was a big win. Yeah, yeah. Right? and like I was saying, yeah, so like if they don't like what the uh, rep committee comes up with, then that you know i already know there's there's that because that committee's meeting so that's why this had to happen right away because they're meeting to figure out your reps for that next cycle and i know if the reps are a certain way i i would almost guarantee the same type of a petition could be coming out um for those reps yeah <laughs> it's it's going to be tough because you have to have a certain amount of schools mm-hmm on board with it. And it's hard to, because every, every area has its own interests. Right. But this was, this was to me kind of a no brainer where most of the schools were like, we are in favor of this. And so I think this will be kind of the exception, not the rule. I don't think we're going to see this bylaw being used. Oh no, no. Right. So I don't know. It's, it's very interesting though. And to me, it's a win. That means that the schools do have a voice because I think the perception was sometimes, Hey, our voice kind of gets lost in the shuffle a little bit. So, yeah. And I, I think as a coach, that's how you felt too. Like uh, they're going to vote, you know, it's what's going to happen. There's no really any, you know, it happens and that's kind of it. So it's kind of nice to see that, um, that process work out that way. Although I'm not happy with it, but, <laughs> um, you know, it, 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 it's just, I think, you just still have to kind of look at what's best best for the players and sometimes that gets lost in individual schools needs so you know but yeah maybe a win as far as political mechanisms we'll say (laughs) yes a win for politics which is what we're all about here on the east idaho breathcast let's get to actual sports man can we talk can we talk about some actual sports for a change let's do it i'd love to yeah let's let's dive into it um Okay, the big story from East Idaho last week was a game that didn't actually take place, Sean. And this was a game we were going to broadcast on IdahoSports.com. I feel bad for Joel Richardson and Dallin Fryer. They were ready Friday night. They got to look out field. Uh, Pocatello was supposed to host Ridgeview. Um, but as Ridgeview, so Ridgeview's freshman and JV teams were able to get to Pocatello no problem. And they were able to play those sub varsity games. But the varsity contest was delayed because there was a really serious traffic accident somewhere around Twin Falls. I'm not exactly sure on the interstate and the Ridgeview bus is backed up. Their traffic isn't moving. Uh, There was a a fatality from this traffic accident, which is horrible. Right. And uh, we certainly are thinking of that person and their family, but in terms of this football game, the, the word initially was, okay, Ridgeview's on their way. The game's going to be delayed. Kickoff's going to be around 930. All right, so our guys get back to Lookout Field around 845. Ridgeview gets there around 9 o'clock. And you tell me if I'm wrong on the timeline. Um, Ridgeview gets there around 9 o'clock. 
are starting to warm up and then they discover that the bus driver is going to run out of hours. There are state laws in place that say a bus driver cannot spend more than X amount of time on the road without X amount of time of rest, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'll say that a lot of those companies got audited. So I know that it's a, a big, it's a it's a huge deal right now because not only is there a lack of drivers, um, the, the a lot of the companies got audited and, and sporting events, you know, they've been exceeding those times sometimes. So I know that is a issue that has been brought up to coaches um, in East Idaho is about that busing. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's a real that's a real deal right now. Yes. And it's a very serious role because you don't want your bus driver getting tired, getting drowsy, something happens. And so I totally understand that. Okay. So Pocatello offers to supply a bus driver for the drive back. They say, Hey, look, we totally understand. You guys came all the way. We really still want to play this game. You guys came all the way. We we want to make it worth your time. We will supply you a bus driver for the drive home. And they say, no, now I will give you the Ridgeview perspective here. At that point, they were concerned about player safety. Oh, our, our kids have been sitting on a bus for eight hours. You know, in the heat, uh, the bus was stopped. Um, and we don't feel like they're ready to just get off the bus and play a game, which I don't know. You can debate that, <laughs> I, but that's I what mean, they said. <laughs> I mean, you as a coach for Idaho, there's a code of ethics that you have to follow. Um, so. Like, for example, if I showed up to some tennis courts and there's a huge crack in it and I'm like, it's fine. And then my player gets hurt because of that crack. It's my fault. It's not anyone else's because I allowed him to do it. So you you do. I mean, as a coach, you have to think about those things um, as far as that code of ethics goes as, as well. But yeah, I mean, that's part of it, too. You have to, you know, think, think of those things and, you know, <laughs> I mean, there. I think there's a lot of moving pieces to that whole situation. And and I guess as we're exploring this, well, we're going to discover there's. It's not black and white. There's not yeah. one side that's right or wrong. There's a lot of gray area, unfortunately, in this. And so the argument then is, well, teams drive eight hours all the time. We're in Idaho. What about when a North Idaho team has to go play yeah. somebody in the playoffs? Well, they're breaking that trip up. They're scheduling stops along the way. They're not on the bus for eight consecutive hours stuck in traffic like Ridgeview was. So I kind of understand, I kind of understand that. And I've had buses that the AC, I've had so many buses that the AC doesn't work either. And I'm, and I'm, I mean, I'm kind of a prima donna, but I want some (laughs) AC, you know what I mean? So you're, yeah, I mean, there's, that's, that's a, that's a tough situation, you know, for your, for your players. And I mean, I don't think anyone wants to not play. But you have to, I mean, sometimes the hardest decision isn't the one everyone likes. Right. So then Pocatello offers and says, so Ridgeview's like, it, it's not happening. We're going to turn around and go home. And Pocatello goes, okay, well, how about tomorrow we drive to your field? You guys can have a home game and we'll, we still want to play you. We'll make the drive over since you just had to go through this whole ordeal. And Ridgeview still says, no, we're good. And that's where I think Pocatello was like, come on, we're trying to make this work. Ridgeview says, okay, that's a great idea, but we've got to find officials to, to officiate, uh, you know, referees on a Saturday night. Ridgeview, now that it's a home game for them, they've got to find staff to take tickets. 
and you know, run the chain gang and PA announce and run the scoreboard and all those things that go into running a game um, that don't. And and I don't know if Pocatello said we'll supply all that. I don't think so, but I don't know. The, the infrastructure, I mean, it does take a lot of moving pieces uh, to get a game going. And I'll, I'll talk about that a little more when we talk about the Highland game. But yeah, it's, it's hard. It would be hard to say, I mean, what time are they getting back? And then the AD's got to call and get the people. I mean, that's that's part of it too. And I mean, I get wanting to play and re- rescheduling, and it, it's just it's it's just not it's just like a no win situation. Uh, I mean, you know, and as a coach, you've got. I mean, the coach the coach might be like, "Yeah, let's do it," because I've been on that side of the fence where me and the other coach are like, "Yeah, let, let's do this." And then you talk to the AD, and they're like, "No, you can't do it because this and this and this," and they're like, oh, "Okay, but." So, yeah. I mean, I, I've been in those situations. So I've been pretty neutral throughout this process. You know, hey, Pocatello says this, Ridgeview says this. I can understand how, you know, wires get crossed. Here's here's where I'm going to side with Pocatello. And you and you tell me if, if this is not realistic. Okay, but if you're Ridgeview and you are stuck in traffic and you are the coach, you you just mentioned those, those safety standards that you're held to right does that does that include knowing how much time your bus driver has accrued is that a responsibility of the head coach um is that i mean i think who's in charge of that the bus driver would tell you like they would say they have so many hours because i've been in that case too where we're playing tennis really late and the bus driver's like i've got 45 minutes left and then i've got to go so the, the the bus driver would have that time okay. or what or i mean the company the company would have what their standard is i believe it's like state law too anyways right you can only be operating these vehicles for so long and so the bus driver would have a time and then his boss right is going to say you know the time's up so that's the, in my experience the bus driver just would tell me what time he has and then we go from there Okay, that that was my only beef with the Ridgeview side of it is, couldn't they have figured this out when they were stuck in traffic? Hey, boy, it's eight o'clock and we've already hit this amount of time. If we continue to Pocatello and play a three-hour football game and drive home, I'm yeah. not going to have enough hours. And and then you make the call while you're stuck in traffic and you go, hey, look, our bus driver is going to be out of hours. I unfortunately we're we're stuck in traffic and we're not sure when we're going to get there. We're going to have to turn around instead of stringing along the Pocatello team, stringing along the fans, the parents that waited around for a couple of hours. Shouldn't shouldn't Ridgeview have known while they were stuck in traffic? Hey, we're going to run out of our bus driver hours. Or am I um, am I wrong here? Uh, I, I mean, I I think at some point you would have an understanding that this is taking way too long, <laughs> and then you're calling you're calling ad or you know your travel secretary and then they're calling the company because then sometimes maybe they they have a driver in the location you're at and they could switch out or something like that too but i mean yeah i would i would i would think you'd come up with a plan before nine o'clock is what i would say i I think i mean have have something before that because yeah there is a lot of people i mean waiting because you're you're on the assumption you're still going to play. I mean, and, and, you know, and let me tell you, nothing's worse when you've been on a bus for a long time and then you get there and you don't play. Cause I've done that more times than account and, and mine's weather related. Like sometimes we're just going to go and see, and then the weather is the weather, right? We can't, 
we can't call we can't call anyone right. about that but um yeah it, it sounds like maybe there you know some lack of communication there i mean i guess we'll never know that for certain but i feel i feel like the ad's would be calling each other like coming up with a plan because ad's schedule not the coaches right so um yeah i feel like you know that would be maybe the better source of what happened because the ad's would be the ones talking whether or not this is going to happen or not because coaches don't cancel games usually it's the ad's and the people with the you know the fancy suits yeah and hey if i'm misguided somebody that knows how these things work uh, send me an email brandon at idahosports.com i'm just as as a casual observer looking at it i'm like they I, they probably could have figured this out when they were stuck in traffic and then i think this whole thing could have been avoided if they call while they're stuck in traffic hey we don't know what time this is going to end and unfortunately, we're just going to have to bag it. Our bus driver's running out of hours. I think Pocatello would have been like, okay, yeah, we get it. Instead of coming there and then yeah, because and then the, saying. Because right, in, my mind, in my mind is like maybe you just turn around and then you've got time to plan for Saturday. Yes, exactly. At, I, nine, so, at 9 o'clock at night, you can't get a game probably staffed. I, You know, it'd be, yeah. it'd, be, it'd be very difficult. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. We're... We're just so forward thinking here, me and you, but <laughs> yeah. Uh. So, anyways, <laughs> <laughs> it was interesting we'll... nonetheless, right? It was kind of an yeah. interesting story. I think it's, you know, I, you know, a lot of comments were like, you know, you're, you only get so many games in football. So it's kind of rough to miss that game. And I, I understand that because I have to miss a lot of matches because of weather. Um, but I, I, you just, you know, you just gotta you kind of gotta go with it and adapt and roll with the punches you only can do what you can do sometimes yeah all right well we have spent 25 minutes sean talking about nothing on the field in play not a thing so let me go back to last thursday the game you were at highland and skyline the rams pull away for the win jackson riddle and drew hymas both ran the ball extremely well Ridge Barella caught a touchdown pass. Skyline played well, but uh, came came up short on several uh, fourth downs in that second half, which was huge. And that's why you guys gave the Highland defense the IdahoSports.com yeah. Player of the Game. Yeah, it was uh, it was it was just a phenomenal game. You've got two two great teams, and I and I think I said this before the game. I think Highland's under the radar in five A is as under the radar as a Highland Ram team could be. Um, but let me tell you, Skyline is is not in any trouble <laughs> either. Um, they've got Amani Morel, running back, sophomore, uh, two hundred and ten pounds, six three. Uh, he's I don't know. He's got to be one of the biggest sophomores in in high school football when you just look at him. Um, they're good, but yeah, what a great game! It you know the first possession, Highland Jackson Riddle fumbles, and you think, oh man, um, this Skyline scores pretty easily. It's pretty, um, you know, the defense isn't really, either defense isn't really stopping them. And 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 then right before halftime, Tyson Beckles lays down a huge sack on Skyline on a fourth, on the first fourth down and turn it over. And then Drew Hymas takes about 35 yards a couple plays later. And that was the game. And then I, you know, I don't know if Skyline didn't have a punter or what, but four fourth downs, they didn't punt or they went for and they didn't get any of them and that was really the game and 
kind of a different, you know, uh, uh, still a good Highland defense, right? I mean, you've got a, a lot of great players. Kai Callen, DB, he's amazing. Um, you just you've got some good players, but maybe not the biggest names um, that they've had on defense before. But the de- the defense looked really good, and then again, Highland's offense is just filled filled with weapons led by Drew Hymas at quarterback where he can throw it. He can run it. He reads the defense real well. And um, just a great game. I mean, it was, re- it was still a pretty close game and ended up being 31, 20 Highland, but um, Skyline had a couple opportunities and another fourth down stop towards the fourth quarter is really the nail in the coffin um, for Skyline. But uh, I mean, if anyone thought Skyline Skyline was down this year, you you, you read the wrong preview. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, right. Uh, uh, Carmine Garcia, I think he gets a gets a little more settled in at that quarterback position and can and they can get a little a few more passes going um, down the field. They're going to be um, as dangerous as ever uh, because they I don't know what team can stop the run game from Skyland right now. I mean, you can contain it, but they're they're going to get some runs um, back there. But yeah, it was just it was a great game, and um, uh, you know, I was talking to Nick Sorrell of Highland, and I because they've they've they, they haven't had a field, so this is kind of the storyline. Like, we don't have a field, we'll play here, well, whatever. And he said we'll paint lines on the parking lot and play. So, um, kind of on the reverse side of not playing a game, Highland's like we'll play anywhere. Um, and he's like, we'll pay park, we'll pay lines in the parking lot. I love that line. Um, he had for that. And, uh, yeah, good, good job by both teams. Like, you know, there has to be a loser, but really I think everyone won lookout field was packed. You know, they have the fence around it. Every seat, both sides was full. The fence was full. Um, yeah, it was, it was a good game and, and hopefully it sounds like Highland should be able to be on their field this Friday. It's still, uh, to be determined. So, so that's what I was going to ask because uh, fans will get to watch both of these teams again this Friday night on IdahoSports.com. Skyline will be taking on Thunder Ridge in another 5A 4A showdown. We'll have that uh, game for you from Rabston Stadium. We're also going to have Highland taking on Century. Now, this game is supposed to be a home game for Highland. If lookout, or excuse me, if uh, Iron Horse Stadium is not ready, Sean, what are they going to do? Holt Arena or play it at Look, Century? At, at lookout. Oh, at, at lookout. 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 The the last thing I was told was lookout. Uh, Travis Bell, the athletic director at Highland, um, was at the game Thursday, and this guy, I you got to get a shout out to him. He's like driving the Gator, doing this, doing this, doing the scoreboard. He's got the the lines for you know the the chain gang and um robert parker the ad of pokey had been there earlier but travis was just getting it all ready for the teams to play and they have the nice um the new building on the side which is bathrooms concessions and uh locker rooms for the team so that was all ready to go and so he did a good job but i'm like well what's gonna happen um next week and he's like well the company said it's supposed to be done friday so if it's done friday at a, enough time they're going to go for it because I know the Rams would really, really like to get a home game. Yeah. I mean, it would be nice. And, and the reason why they haven't been able to yet is because they're putting in turf. Uh, just like uh, Pocatello has at lookout field, the, the school district in Pocatello is doing them in waves. So century will be next. Um, but a uh, little delayed on that project, right? That's what yeah, 
yeah, they were sowing it. I guess he sowed the turf. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if they had a bunch of um, ladies who have, you know, a lot of skills in the sewing area. That sounded really bad, but you know what I mean? They're like, they're sewing. You're canceled. It. Yeah. They're sewing it. Yeah. I don't know. But you know, that's what I picture a bunch of people like sewing. Right. But uh, yeah, they said they were sewing it and it was going to be done by Friday, but we'll see. And um, all I heard is that Holt Arena was a no go. So I don't have a whole lot on that. Just that that wasn't going to happen there. So. I think we talked about this. Did, did we talk about it on the podcast or was it offline? Um, we might have talked about it. Is the one rumor I will call it a rumor because I don't <laughs> I can't substantiate it, but is that you know uh, ISU want to be the first team to play in the new arena revamped Holt Arena, which does look really nice, by the way. But um, I don't know. Just after seeing that thing in Boise. Um, with all the games on the blue turf, I mean, now you've got this brand new Holt Arena. What a what a cool opportunity to bring some East Idaho teams, uh, you know, get Sugar Salem playing someone. And you know, I don't know, you like all those top teams. And, you know, Skyline loves to play at Holt Arena. And, yeah, it'd be fun. It, it, I... there, it'd be a fun, you know, Skyline and Rigby have put on some pretty good shows on in Holt Arena in the past, too. So that would be fun, too. But, you know. Maybe they ran out of hours. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I'm not sure. I would have done if I was a, in charge. I wouldn't have. I would have let them. Hey, yeah, you guys want to pay to come play at Holt Arena? I'll take that money, no problem. And who cares if we're not the first team to debut the new field? I mean, it's whatever. But I tell you what, it, the Skyline <laughs> Island game would have been a, a yeah. Great, it it would have been. It would have been. I mean, it wouldn't have been full, but it would for a high school game. There would have been a lot of people there. And You're, people and it was Thursday. There's nothing else going on. People yeah. would have just went. And um, and ISU's getting that concession money. And I, I mean, whatever. It's very interesting. Um, okay, let's preview what's coming up this week on IdahoSports.com. And then uh, I wanted to talk a couple of volleyball things before we got out too. Um, football this week. We mentioned Skyline hosting Thunder Ridge, Highland hosting Century. Also this week, Sean, we've got an eight-man game, Butte County, kind of very quietly 2-0, and having a very good season so far. Their quarterback is on the all-name team, Razor Duke is his name. Ooh. I love that, after they had Rebel Beard the last couple of years. Um, they are hosting Camas County, which is also 2-0. and This is a potential, uh, you know, it's not a playoff preview because Camas County's 1A D2 and Butte County's 1A D1, but these are two teams that could go respectively very deep in their postseasons. Uh, Paul Kingsbury and Logan Green will have the broadcast of that from Arco. And then a game I'm going to be at, Sean. I'm going back to East Idaho this week uh, for a rematch of the 2A state championship Ooh. game from a year ago. Bear Lake at Firth. Should be a fun game. Yeah, I mean, both both good teams. Uh, yeah, that'll be a fun one. Now, it's been a little tough sledding for each of these teams out of the gate. Bear Lake is 0-2. Uh, they did lose a lot to graduation, and they've played a very tough schedule so far. Firth is 1-1. One one. Uh, Firth, of course, went to Westside in the season opener, and like so many teams do, uh, was on the wrong end of it against the Pirates, and then they they held on to beat Soda Springs last week, 19-14, to in a very tight game. So last year when they met in the championship, the final score was 14-6. to We could see something similar here in the rematch between 
Firth and Bear Lake. Should be a fun one from Firth Friday night at 7 o'clock. Also Friday, Sean, we are broadcasting the Tiger Grizz Cross Country invite from Freeman Park in Idaho Falls. There's going to be six varsity races this year, Sean. You've got uh, your A division, which is your uh, 5A, 4A, 3A schools. Then you've got your B division, which is your 2A and 1A schools. And then you also have uh, two uh, races of seeded times. These are the best of the best. Duking it out. Yeah. So it's going to be B girls at 12, B boys at 1230, the seeded girls at one, the seeded boys at 130, and then A girls at two and A boys at 230. So you're talking three plus hours of live racing coverage, six varsity races, plus a post uh, race recap article from Marlo Herford on idahosports.com to follow as well. And what I and what I saw is about 54 high schools. So <laughs> that's a, yes. a 54 you got some out of state schools too and pretty much everyone from East Idaho <laughs> is yeah. going to be there. I was going to say what they were but it's pretty much everyone. <laughs> then you have like, you know, like a Star Valley um you've got a couple Boise Boise teams coming too. So centennial and yeah just you've got everyone you've got a little bit of everything you got like nampa christian you know you know north fremont uh so you you've got all the areas represented in this gigantic race yeah big bad rocky mountains coming over that boys team is no joke on uh, at the 5a level um so that'll be fun to watch some of those athletes compete uh to be sure all right before we get out of here sean i wanted to hit on uh, what a week it was for some of our 1a volleyball teams the grace grizzlies went to the border wars tournament which is held in evanston wyoming every year and it's basically western wyoming and eastern idaho grace went eight and oh at the border wars tournament to win the thing and they're going up against rock springs which is like a 5a school here they're going up against schools from casper and cheyenne and they went over and really punched up a weight class and went undefeated yeah that's that's i you sent me that information and i just ate no and yeah <laughs> that's just amazing what a what a great great job great job by grace yeah <laughs> i mean we're not surprised that they have a good volleyball program. They always do with Melody Stratman and Sydney Smith. And I mean, we could list everybody on the team, but uh, they beat Rock Springs, Green River, Pinedale, Evanston, Cheyenne South, uh, Kemmerer, Star Valley, and Jackson. And and those are all teams that are much, much larger than Grace. So that that's awesome. Way to go, Grace. And then we also had a big win by Mackey at the 1AD2 level, Sean. So the last couple of seasons in 1AD2 volleyball it has been statewide Horseshoe Bend and Rockland those have been the two big premier powers and even in the in the conference it's been Rockland and then kind of Ledor slash Mackey well Mackey delivers a three to two win over Rockland to take first place in the conference and send a message I think to everybody else around the state including my dog (laughs) yeah I mean I you know I was lucky to be up in the Mackey chalice area this weekend so uh, you know, it's, it's beautiful up there and what a beautiful job by those ladies to get that win. Um, it probably been a, a long time coming, right? It's kind of those, one of those, you circle on the schedule and, uh, you're up for it every year, but you know, to take down the, the powerhouse is, uh, what makes programs grow and just continuing on. 
on the strength of that win over Rockland, we just had the new volleyball coaches poll come out today, Sean. Mackey is your new number one team in the 1AD2 poll. How about that? Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. I love I love the coaches poll. I feel like coaches poll is way better than you media guys' polls, but um, I, I do like coaches polls better. So yeah, that's just a phenomenal, a phenomenal victory. Yeah, North Fremont finally is number one in the media poll. I I've only had them there all year. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, I'm. You know, it'll be interesting to see where Highland kind of. I think Highland's gonna kind of slowly creep their way up as well too. They should be number one. I think they're number two currently behind Eagle. So yeah, we will see. All right. My dog's barking at me, which means it's time for us to go. So thank you for tuning into the East Idaho PrepCast, everybody. Enjoy all the great East Idaho action we have coming your way this Friday. And we'll see you next time. For Sean Kane, I'm Brandon Bainey on IdahoSports.com.